everyone, and welcome back to Short Stories for Kids, the magical podcast of story adventures. Hey parents, I now have a new obsession in a wonderful kids' clothing brand where I brought my child the most amazing PJs. Our next sponsor's new Color Me pajama sets are incredible, and my son loves his. He can color in all the pitches on the pajamas using the special fabric felt pens that come with them. And they are super soft and comfy. Perfect for this time of year. This podcast is sponsored by Caden Lane. Caden Lane was started in 2005 by a single mom who wanted to create better and cuter clothes, accessories, and keepsakes for her own children. And for those special moments you remember forever. Looking for the perfect matching set for your family? Check out one of Caden Lane's famous pajama sets so the whole family can look their best this holiday season. With the holidays around the corner, Caden Lane makes a great gift too. Caden Lane is your one-stop shop for all your newborn, infant, and toddler apparel. Head to cadenlane.com backslash short stories and use code short stories for 20% off your order. Once again, that's C-A-D-E-N-L-A-N-E dot com backslash short stories for 20% off. And make sure you use my promo code short stories so they know I sent you. Gerald was a gnome. He lived at the Larkin house on the lawn where he sat on a plastic toadstall while dangling his fishing rod into the pond. Gerald had done this all year, through sunshine and rain, hail and fog. He saw it as a very, very important job, being a lawn gnome, and he did it well. He would ignore the birds that came pecking around his toadstool or that landed on his hat, and he'd take no notice of the prowling cats or occasional raccoon that came to the pond to investigate the fish. Day and night, he did what he was put there for. He fished in the pond, never catching anything. One night, for the first time since Gerald had found himself beside the pond, something strange happened. Tiny flecks of white began to tumble from the sky, laying upon the ground like a blanket. The temperature had fallen too, and his little fishing rod had become frozen in an icy covering across the top of the pond. But despite all the shivering, Gerald didn't abandon his toadstool or his frozen fishing rod. He carried on doing what he'd been put there for. The following day, once the sun had risen, the winter wonderland of white was revealed in all its glory. The rooftops, gardens, and cars of the neighborhood all looked so pretty, and Gerald thought that the street had never looked so good, even though it was cold. He was a very, very happy gnome. Until the Larkin family woke up. Mr. Larkin came outside first, throwing open the garage door. He pulled out box after box, removing long strings of something that he began to fix to the side of the house using a ladder. Then Mrs. Larkin came out and retrieved another box that she carried inside. She began to do something similar to the inside of the windows, arranging similar strings and setting out unusual objects on the window sills. 
Finally, Lester and Lydia Larkin came outside, wrapped within their hats, coats, boots, and gloves to protect them from the chill. They rummaged in their larger boxes, pulling out animal-shaped frames that they placed upon the lawn alongside a large puddle of plastic in red and white. Gerald watched it all, quite baffled. What on earth were they doing? They'd never done anything like this before, and quite honestly, he'd rather they stayed where they belonged, inside. The garden was where he lived. He didn't want them out here, spoiling his peace and quiet. What's more, they were stamping all over the lovely carpet of white, turning it slushy underfoot. By the time the Larkin family disappeared back inside, the entire house and garden had been converted into a jumbled mess of plastic and metal, with dangling cables and drooping wires and all sorts of oddments that didn't make any sense to poor Gerald. He really didn't like it one bit. But the biggest shock came at dusk. The sun fell below the horizon, and to Gerald's horror, he was suddenly bedazzled by a brilliant, bright light. It was so bright that he almost fell off his toadstool. Suddenly, his eyes adjusted to the brightness, revealing the entire lock-in home lit up with several thousand tiny colored lights. But that wasn't the half of it. The objects on and around the windowsills shone too, as did the various animal shapes upon the lawn. No sooner had Gerald calmed down from his shock than a tremendous whirring noise began and the puddle of red and white plastic began to grow and expand like some terrible looking creature. It kept on growing to become a giant with a big white beard and wearing a suit of red. The noise and light were too much for Gerald. He couldn't settle upon his toadstool, finding it impossible to relax. The garden he'd so enjoyed living in the past year was now overloading his senses, leaving him agitated and unable to even snooze. Over the following days, Gerald got to stare at the mess decorating the garden and house during the day and be dazzled by the lights and deafened by the noise during the night. Poor Gerald was quite miserable. After three weeks of this, the little gnome had had just about enough. He was all but ready to go stomping up to the front door and tell the Larkings just what he thought of them. When two cars pulled up outside the house, the Larkin family poured out of their home to loudly greet these newcomers, hugging and laughing as they did so. Then along with a multitude of bags and cases, Gerald watched everyone disappear inside. That evening was the worst yet. Not only were the brightly colored lights blinking across the house and garden and the giant red man wobbling upon the lawn, but now loud music and laughter streamed from the house, pummeling poor Gerald's ears. On his toadstool, Gerald seethed. This was all so unfair. They'd ruined his garden, ruined his snow, and ruined his sleep. Whatever was going on inside the house did eventually come to an end, with the Larkins and their guests retiring to their beds. But although the noise they had been making had stopped, the lights continued to blink and shine, and the inflatable Jolly Red Man kept humming. Oh, I've had enough, roared Gerald, 
and the little gnome did something he'd never, ever done before. He threw down his rod and climbed down from his toadstool. Fortunately, by this point, the snow wasn't too deep for Gerald's gnome boots as he stomped across to the big blow-up giant and gave it a hefty kick. Gerald bounced straight off it, landing on his behind. Oh, I see. Wanna play rough, do you? Gerald sneered. He marched a trail of tiny footprints around the giant until he discovered the source of the noise. Some sort of box was blowing air into the giant, allowing it to keep its shape. Gerald wasted no time in throwing switches and pulling out cables and unattaching the pipe that led to the giant. Instantly, the noise ceased, and the giant began to collapse into itself, once more becoming a puddle of red and white upon the ground. But Gerald wasn't done yet. Next, he went to the illuminated animals that decorated the lawn. Deer and foxes and rabbits and penguins and bears filled the space with their glow. Until, that is, Gerald got to them. He pulled out the wires and toppled each and every one until there wasn't one left standing. All of them lay in darkness. Wasting no time, Gerald scaled the side of the house to where the colorful lights flashed and blinked and he unhooked the string all along its length so that the lights crashed to the ground with a fizzing, jittery flash. They, too, were now dark. But still, Gerald wasn't done. The lights and objects in the windows still flared out to him. But how was he going to get inside to deal with them? Marching around the house, he discovered a pet door for the Larkin's cat, and it was the perfect size for a gnome. He found the living room in no time. All he had to do was follow the glow. Here, he pulled down the lights and tipped the colorful objects to the floor, yanking out cables from sockets wherever he needed. But with even this done, there was still dazzling light. In the corner of the room was perhaps the strangest object he had ever seen. A tree, a tree that belonged outside, had been decorated with delicate objects and even more lights. This would have to go. Gerald climbed down from the windowsill and hoisted himself up into the branches of the tree. He began tossing candy canes and gingerbread people, baubles and tinsel, and making sure every single light couldn't shine anymore. By the time he was done, the room was, finally, in darkness, just as it should be. At last, he could return to his toadstool and relax. But halfway across the living room carpet, he was stopped by the sound of movement behind him. Turning around, he was horrified to see the giant from the garden stood before the fireplace. Its big white beard and suit of red towered over him, causing his knees to tremble. It must have been so angry at what he'd done that it had come to have it out with him. Gerald was so terrified that he couldn't find his voice to speak. And so it was the giant that spoke first. Well, what's all this? asked the giant. To Gerald's surprise, the giant didn't sound angry at all. Don't you come any closer, Gerald warned, raising his tiny fists. I knocked you to the ground before and I can do it again. Little gnome 
said the giant gently, stooping down amongst the discarded tree decorations that littered the floor. Did you make all this mess? Gerald looked around at the room at what he'd done. It looked awful. Suddenly, the gnome felt terrible. Oh dear, he muttered. What have I done? Well, why don't you tell me all about it? Said the giant, picking Gerald up. The giant selected an armchair and sat down, settling Gerald upon his knee. It was at this point that Gerald noticed that the giant looked somewhat different to the one in the garden. Gerald's troubles came tumbling out as he told the big red man about how his peace and quiet had been shattered, his sleep disrupted, and his garden ruined. And worst of all, he had no idea why the Larkins would want to do such a thing. Oh, because it's Christmas, said the big man softly. Christmas, said Gerald, trying the unusual word upon his tongue. It's a special time of year full of joy and color and music, explained the man. It's a time when family and friends come together to enjoy each other's company, to sing and laugh and play games. But I didn't know that, said Gerald guiltily. Nobody told me. Oh, it's not your fault, little gnome, said the big man. But I've made such a mess, Gerald whined. I've, I've ruined Christmas. Well, maybe not, said the big man. He plucked a pinch of something from his pocket and threw it into the air where it glittered and swirled across the room, lifting the baubles and other decorations, relighting the lights and setting everything back as it was. Even the garden and outside of the house were put right again. The big man then set Gerald down on the arm of the chair before retrieving a sack from beside the fireplace. From this, he removed colorful boxes tied up with ribbon that he arranged beneath the tree. What are those? asked Gerald. Christmas presents, said the big red man. Oh, they look wonderful, Gerald said, admiring the large pile. <laughs> Come along, said the big bearded man as he picked Gerald up. It's time to get you back to your toadstool. They went straight to the front door and the big man opened it with a glittery sparkle as he touched the handle. Outside, Gerald saw all the Christmas decorations with fresh eyes. The bright colors reminded him of the gifts that were now sitting under the tree. There, said the man as he placed Gerald beside his pond. Am I in trouble? asked Gerald. The big man shook his head slowly. Oh, Christmas is a time for forgiving and forgetting, so no harm done. He smiled comfortingly before reaching into his sack and removing two tiny gifts that he placed under the toadstool. These are for you in the morning, he said. Oh, thank you, said Gerald, feeling a tear of happiness in his eye. The next morning, the Larkin house was up early to cries of, He came! He came! And while they discovered just what Santa had brought them, a tiny gnome, not too far away from them, unwrapped his gifts. He received a pair of gnome-sized headphones to dull the noise of the blow-up Santa, and a pair of shades to soften the bright Christmas lights. Wearing his gifts, he looked up at the big blow-up giant and said, 
Merry Christmas, Big Red Man! And somewhere up at the North Pole, Santa smiled. The end.